My brothers and sisters, good evening. This is a very special Mass for me uh, as a priest because the Church actually prescribes this is the one Mass in the year where the, the homily is prescribed by the Church. And I'm supposed to speak about the institution of the Eucharist and the institution of the priesthood, as well as Christ's commandment for us to love one another. So oftentimes priests will speak about the priesthood kind of by way of illustration. And so the Holy Thursday is a special time for me. Uh, it's proved to be now I'm coming up on my, my fifth anniversary of the priesthood. So I'm going to speak a little bit about what the priesthood is to me from my heart, hopefully. Um, it's about the Eucharist. It's about the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the, is the foundation and the pattern according to which the priest needs to live. Every, every thought, every emotion, every aspiration, every hope, every ounce of love, every ounce of lip, uh, energy, strength, needs to be directed to the Holy Eucharist. Because the Eucharist is nothing less than Jesus Christ himself. It's a wonderful mystery of our faith that on the night he was betrayed, Christ handed his very self over to the church. He said, this is my body. Take this. This is my blood. And in receiving the Eucharist in our hearts and in our lives and making it the center of what we're all about, we also take to our hearts not only the sacramental body, but the mystical body of Christ. And we're all members of the mystical body of Christ. And all human beings in the space of this earth, I hope, will enter into the mystical body of Christ. That's, that's my hope. And uh, we as Christians, and I as a priest, need to relate to everybody as if they are members of the body of Christ, or at least potential members of the body of Christ. We know the famous parable of Matthew where Jesus says, you, when you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you do it to me. What that's all about is he's saying that the people who are poor, the people who are marginalized, the people who are in prison, the people who are starving, uh, the people who are hurting, in any form whatsoever. And as Mother Teresa says, there's, there's many forms of pain, many forms of poverty. There's spiritual poverty. You know, we, we live in the Western civilization where there's a lot of money and a lot of material things going around, but there's a lot of spiritual poverty. And uh, the pain and the suffering that comes with that emptiness and that spiritual poverty needs to be something that we don't shy away from, that we embrace, and that we actually even seek out. It should inspire us to love those who are hurting, for whatever reason it might be. As a, as a priest, what I can say is, uh, not that old, but the older I get, if I can use that phrase, the older I get, really what I see sometimes is, the priest has to be a believer, first and foremost. And I, I really think that people appreciate that. The priest, they want to know that the priest really believes 
in the Catholic faith. And this goes back to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is Jesus Christ. That is an amazing mystery. And that takes faith. Only, only faith could give someone the assurance and the certainty that what appears to be bread is really Jesus. It's one of the most amazing acts of faith that we could possibly make. And we do it simply upon the authority of Jesus Christ. Because he said, this is my God. Because he said that. And I take seriously whatever, anything and everything that Jesus said. You know, I didn't, I didn't always have strong faith when I was young. But by God's grace, I came to a point in my life where nothing matters. Nothing matters but what Jesus has said. What he says is true. And I believe it. And I believe that the church is the mystical body of Christ and continues to proclaim his word across the ages. And I love the church. Absolutely love the church. I love the Pope. And I don't care who's in the people office. I love the Pope. I love John Paul II. I love Benedict. I love Francis. doesn't matter. Whoever the next Pope is, I love them. I love the clergy. I love the bishops. I love our bishops. I love Bishop Clark. I love Bishop Tom. I love my brother priests. And, and I love each one of you guys here. And I wouldn't be a priest unless I really, truly loved you guys. I don't know all of you really super well personally. But in Christ, through the Eucharist on this earth, but then in eternity, we are together as members forever. And I want to know each one of you for eternity. I look forward to knowing, to getting to know each one of you personally for all eternity. And that's what I want for everybody. I don't ever want to cut off a relationship with anybody. I don't want to say, hey, forget about you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I want to be your friend. It's kind of as simple as that. <laughs> I want to be your friend. And I want that for eternity. So we have faith and we have love. And as a priest, I think it's my duty to be the first example in those areas. I believe everything that the church teaches, without any doubt, without any questioning, completely unqualified faith, what the church teaches. Because the church is the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ. So whatever doctrine it is that people find difficult, whatever it is, the Eucharist, if you can believe in the Eucharist, you can believe in anything, that's, that's part of our Catholic faith. And then you have love. Um, Jesus says, this is my body given for you. He gave his very self to us in the Eucharist. So the Eucharist is a pattern not only of faith, but of, but of love. And I think, um, you know, as a, as a priest, one of the big things why young men are, are inhibited by coming, becoming priests is because of celibacy. It's really the main, it's probably the main um, deterrent. And in my own journey to embracing, coming to a point where I embrace celibacy, kind of went something like this. Probably in my early 20s or so, I came to a point where I was praying a lot. And I prayed every day for probably about an hour or more every day. Just praying spontaneous words to God. Reading scripture a lot. 
And uh, I saw that the Bible teaches this kind of, this, this, that celibacy is valuable, has a value to it. And I don't know if I understood everything totally about what exactly the value of celibacy was. This is my early 20s. But I believed it. I came to believe it. And I found an amazing peace in the thought of living my life completely consecrated to Jesus Christ. I found an incredible peace. So beforehand, there was kind of anxiety, like, you know, I want to find a, a woman who's, who's going to be my soulmate. It's kind of a, sort of an anxiety, it's natural. And then, through prayer, this is over the process of probably two or three years, I found great peace in the presence of Jesus and in the thought that I would consecrate myself completely to him. Now, probably the first thing that I had to sort of let go of, like sort of as a sacrifice, was the idea of um, having this one special person in my life. Okay? So that was kind of like the first thing that I let go, for God's sake. But you know what was the harder thing to let go? Honestly, the harder thing was the idea of not having children. And, and believe it or not, I can remember from early, early days, probably as early as seven or eight years old, I remember thinking to myself, I've got a son, I have this hypothetical son in my mind. I'm going to have a son, I'm going to teach him X, Y, and Z. This is, okay, this is a natural thing that human beings want to pass on their cells to their children. And so I had this kind of thought in my mind when I was very young. But as the Holy Spirit inspired me and drew me to embrace celibacy, I finally let go of that idea as well. But what I found as the years go on is that everything I gave up, I get back more so than I ever would have had if I had chosen not to be celibate. I get back a spouse that is church. And I get back children who are true inheritors of my spiritual patrimony that I pass on as a spiritual father. Now some might say, well, you know, as a priest, so you have spiritual children, but there's really nothing like, you know, flesh and blood children. Because, you know, who's going to be there when you're dying? You know, or your parishioner's going to be really that close to you and so on. Take care of you like a flesh and blood son or daughter. So, encountering that, what I found in my own journey, my own prayer life, is that if we look at things from the perspective of eternity, then it doesn't really matter. Because I have really true, deep faith that the people who I love when I'm here on earth, I'm going to continue to love forever, for eternity. So it's not like, you know, we just have this short relationship here and now. And that same kind of father-son, father-daughter, parental relationship is going to be eternal. And it's going to be so strong. You know, when, when a natural father, a natural mother passes on, uh, it's commonly thought or understood in our tradition is that if they go to heaven, they're going to kind of have a special way of watching over their children on earth. Okay, They're going to be special intercessors in heaven for their children on earth. Well, how many children? You know, two, three, four, okay? But the priest, he has hundreds, not thousands, maybe tens of thousands of spiritual children that he's interceding for in that capacity. And that special relationship goes on for eternity. So all those things 
that the Holy Spirit asks me to give up. I believe in faith that I get back through the exercise of love on this on this earth and in my ministry as a priest. But it all goes back to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the body of Christ. And as a priest, what I find is I enter into that mystery in a, in a very special way. Just as a, as a husband would give his body, literally, to his, to his wife in the marital act, so Jesus is giving his body in the Eucharist to the church. And the consecrated celibate does the same thing. I give my body, literally, to you for your sake. This is my spouse here, my parish and all the people that I minister to. And there's a bond of love that's so deep and so, so pure and so unbreakable that it's nothing less than eternal. So my brothers and sisters, I love you all tonight. I, I'm your servant. I'm here for you. Okay? What your, your spiritual well-being and your salvation is the number one priority in my life. It's the number one priority in my life. There's nothing else that's, that's more important. It takes more precedence than that. So it's a great joy for me to be with you here tonight as we celebrate the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the Last Supper, and together we continue on in our journey as Christ gives himself in the Eucharist, as he suffers on the cross tomorrow, and, he, and as he rises gloriously from the dead on Easter Sunday.